manifested himself now in spirit. Amen. So now we have the spirit of God. And with those things in mind, we have been gifted. And that's what we're going to hear about today. And God has something great for us. So I'm going to invite Brother Isaac to come forth. Amen. And deliver to us what God has placed in his heart. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. So we're going to keep our ears open, our hearts open. Amen. So we can be recipients to what thus saith the Lord to us through his word. So much hallelujah. Amen. So we're going to back him up by saying amen. 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 We're going to back him up by saying praise the Lord. Amen. 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 We're just going to be ready for the word. And I already told him yesterday, God's going to use you. And I believe that because I prayed for him. Amen. And you're praying for him now. Heavenly Father, as we pray for your servant, God, that you will use him in a marvelous way, God. Lord, speak through him, Lord. Edify us through your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I also want to thank Pastor for this opportunity to bring forth the word of God. Amen. It is, a, it is an honor and a privilege Amen, to bring forth the word of God, something I don't take very lightly. Um, and I also want to commend everyone for making it out in the rain. Amen. How many people like the rain? Yeah? How people like driving in the rain, though? Uh, you guys are crazy. Amen. Because it's scary. You can't really see people. You can't see people behind you. But it's, it's all fun. And it's all fun, right? So I commend you guys all for making it out in the rain. And like Pastor said, it is Super Bowl Sunday. But the Super Bowl hasn't started just yet. Amen. So I'm going to try to get you guys out in time to watch the Super Bowl or at least half of the Super Bowl. Amen. Also, you guys have parties or barbecues or pizza parties. Amen. We're not on the Daniel fast anymore, so we can eat pizza and, and wings and all the good stuff. Amen. Um, but with that, if you guys can open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, we're going to read from verse 7 through verse 11. Give you some time to get it, man. If you don't have your Bibles, we do have it on our three screens or two screens, and there's one in the back. Amen. And the word of God says as follows, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another workings of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing each one individually as he wills. Man, that's a lot to, to take in. Um, at this time, you can, you can take your seats, and we're going to get right into it. Um, I know it's, it's a lot to take, to take in, um, but for the next couple of weeks here, especially today, we're going to be speaking about um, spiritual gifts. Amen. Um, and spiritual gifts, uh, and we're going to focus, there's three categories. They're, they're broken up into three, three sections. There's nine of them, right? If you read eight through ten, you will see that there's mentioned nine specific gifts, right? And these gifts shouldn't be confused with Galatians chapter 5, where it talks about the fruits of the Spirit. Amen. There is a difference between gifts of the Spirit and fruits of the Spirit. Fruits of the Spirit is love, peace, long-suffering, kindness, right? And, and all those, that's different. Then we're going to be speaking today, which is gifts of the Spirit, which are also nine. And today we're going to break it down, and today we're going to focus on three specifically. And these three are in the category of to know. Can everyone say to know? These three gifts we're going to be speaking about is to know something, okay? And in the verses that, that we read, um, it talks about gifts, right? And we always kind of um, combine gifts with talents, and that's not always, and that's not the case. Man, we always like, well, that person is gifted or that person is talented, right? We use them as inexchangeable. Um, but we're going to talk about this as things that is not earthly, but something that has to come from God. Right? That's the first thing. And the thing before we get started is, and also have to understand, is that it is in these gifts that if you begin to work in it, we have to remember that these gifts are not meant for your own success. It is not meant for our fame. It is not meant to get us popular or to get us known. These gifts are not meant for none of that of all. Right, because it's not us, it is the Bible and the verse of read, but I, it is given by the Spirit. So these gifts are meant specifically to edify the church and to help the people in the world, to expand the kingdom of God, to advance the kingdom of God. 
All right, so we have to be very careful because when we start operating these gifts, people will begin to know you or begin to um, single you out because of the gift that you possess or the gifts that we possess. But so we have to make sure that we stay humble and it does not get to our heads when we start working within, within these gifts of the, that the God has given us. Amen? And before we, we, we get into, into the gifts in particular, I like, to I like to start with the foundation of what we need to know. Amen? There is a foundation that needs to be set before we, can ever, before we can even enter into the gifts. And man, everybody took math at some point in school, right? The first thing, everybody took calculus, nobody. Math analysis, trigonometry, right? I think that's where I stopped because I couldn't understand anymore because then they started using letters and different words and you need to buy like a $500 calculator to do, to do the problems. But anyways, before you could get into algebra two and geometry, trigonometry, calculus, and all these other um, math, math classes, the first thing they teach you is what? The foundation, which is what? Adding, subtracting, subtracting, and then you go into multiplication, and then division, then long division, then fractions, and right, you keep building. But it all starts first with your foundation. If you don't have a foundation, you cannot move forward. And the foundation within the spiritual gifts, we have to understand, is you first need the spirit of God. So in order to have, in order to have spiritual gifts, and the keyword is spiritual gifts, you need to first have the spirit. You cannot have spiritual gifts in, in 1 Corinthians 8 through 10 without the spirit because the spirit gives it to you, right? So we have to understand that it's all spiritual. It is in the spirit. And if you read in Acts um, chapter 1, there's a key verse, and it, and it says in Acts 1, 8, you have it, you can put it up, and it says, but you shall receive power. Everyone say power. power. Say again, power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Right? So the only thing that changed between Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2 is one event. Because in Acts chapter 1, the disciples already knew Jesus. They walked with Jesus. They heard his teachings. They saw him heal people. They saw him raise people from the dead. They saw him do miracles. They saw everything. They walked with Jesus. And yet Jesus told them not to go anywhere. Right? They knew they were ready. They had all. They, they knew everything. But he told them to wait. He didn't tell them to go out. He told them, you're going to wait right here. Because something had to happen. They had to receive one crucial element in their ministry before they can go out. So in Acts chapter 1, it said, you shall receive power, okay? And this is the thing, too, is once you have received the Holy Spirit in your life, you have the power. There is no such thing as more power, right? The Bible says, the Bible says you shall receive more power. It says you shall receive power, meaning once you have the Spirit of God, you have all the power. And man, it's something we have to understand. It's not about more power. It's about activating the power that's already in us. Amen. And that is the difference because in Acts chapter 2, we all know Acts 2.38, and it says in that Peter replied, repent and be back to every single one of you for the missions of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Right? So he didn't preach that into Acts 2 in the beginning of Acts when it says that they receive the Holy Spirit. Right? And that's key because they did not go out and do their purpose, their commission, until they first received the Holy Spirit in their lives. And it is essential for us to understand this, that we need the Spirit of God in our lives. We need to be recipients of the Holy Ghost by speaking in tongues, by evidence of speaking in other tongues. That is something that is crucial. And if you, and if you are a friend to you risen for the first time, the great thing about this is that it's free. That if you want to have the Spirit of God in your life, you can receive it today. And if we have the Spirit of God, it is up to us then to consecrate ourselves to be connected to the Spirit of God and be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Because some of us, we receive the Holy Spirit one day and we stop. And we don't keep praying and we don't keep reading the Word of God. But the power is in us, right? Like in math, we, once you know the foundation, you're good. But if you don't keep using it, you forget how to convert fractions to decimals, right? You forget how to, how to do it. And it's in the same thing in the spiritual that once we have the spirit of God, we need to exercise what we have. Amen. That is key into walking into using the gifts of, of the spirit. Amen. Because if we go to Acts 2.17, it says, And it shall come to pass in these last days, 
says the Lord, that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. And this was also seen in Joel 3.23, and it says, and it says the same thing, and it says, I will pour out my, of my spirit upon all flesh. So in Joel 3.23, he was already prophesying what was going to happen in Acts 2. Because it is key that it's all about the spirit, that you need to have the spirit of God in your life. There is no substitute for that. There is nothing that can take the place of the spirit of God. That is something that we need to have. Amen. So we can talk about gifts all we want. But if you do not have the spirit of God, you cannot move forward. And if you want power, like real power, not this Superman that you see on Marvel and DC movies, but real power, you need to have the Spirit of God in your life. And that is the foundation for what we're going to be talking about is it all deals with the Holy Spirit, that it is Spirit-given. In 8 through 10, it says that it is given by the Spirit. And from the Spirit, that's it, it's given by the Spirit. So you cannot receive something that you, that you don't have already. Amen. But it is free. And the first gift that we're, that we're going to be speaking about is the word of wisdom. And by definition, the word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation or insight into the will or purpose of God accompanied by wisdom as to what to do or how to solve a problem. And the key in that gift isn't wisdom. It doesn't say you're going to receive wisdom. It says you're going to receive a word of wisdom. And that's a big difference. And we can't get that confused that when in this gift you shall receive a word of wisdom, not wisdom in and of itself, but a word of wisdom. And this word of wisdom is meant to help someone else. Amen. It is meant to be a, a, a guide or, or an explanation or an application to, for someone else to understand the word of God. Yes. That's what it says. When you, when you read the word of God, um, it will come to you that you will understand what it's talking about. You can understand how it fits into a situation or how it helps someone else in their daily lives. Amen. Because we are all one body, right? First Corinthians says that we are the body of Christ, right? We are one. And it is up to us to help one another out. Amen. That's why it's not good for us. That's why I said that we have to love one another, right? We have to look out for the benefit of one another. That if one is if one of six is one of us is succeeding or, or moving up in the ladder, we should be happy for them. It won't hurt to we hurt. Amen. We're all one body. Amen. In the in the in the kingdom of God, we're all one body in Christ. And we are meant to help each other out. And the word of wisdom is the ability to know what to do with facts. Is being able to give someone a word to be able to help them out. Because there'll be times when you come into the altar and you will feel something. You will feel something in your spirit that you have to go pray for someone. And you don't know why. You will look around and someone will catch your eye and you will try to turn away. But the spirit will move you back to that person. And you fight it. Because I've been there where you fight the urge to go pray for someone. To go talk to someone. But this is, when the, this is where we have, to be, we have to be able and free to let God work in us. Because these gifts are meant for us. To be used, to walk in these gifts. And when you have it, you'll be able to say things to people without knowing their situation, without knowing what they're going through. But it's something that they need to hear at the time. And that's where we come in. That's where God works in us. And we can go to Acts 27, verse 10. And this is an example of word of wisdom. And it's a saying, and this is Paul speaking, it's a saying, man, I perceive that, that this voyage will end with disaster, with much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also our lives. And in this chapter, we see that Paul is on his way to Rome, and he's, and he's boarding the ship, and, 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 the, and, the crew, and the crew in the ship want to go to Crete, right? They want to go to a different place. And Paul doesn't know that there's a storm coming, right? There's no weatherman telling him in China if I knew that it's going to be raining and there's a storm, hurricane, nothing like that. He just feels it in himself that we shouldn't go here. Right? We shouldn't go that place. And if you keep reading in 27, later on in the chapter, they don't listen to him. And what happens is that what he told them in Acts 27.10 comes to, comes to life, that they get shipwrecked and they're stuck somewhere because they didn't listen to Paul's word. 
And this is something that we're going to go through, that we're going to have to activate in and ourselves is this word of wisdom where we're going to be able to help our family members out that don't believe in God, but you're going to be able if you able to access and, and activate the spirit of God in you to receive the word of wisdom, to give someone a word of advice. Like Paul says, do not go there. So I don't know what you have planned, but I know that it's not going to be beneficial for you. That it's going to be better if you don't go, you don't hang out with those people. You're not with that person. That person is no good to you. And if they listen to you, and then later on they find out, you know what, you were right. I shouldn't be that place. It will be an opportunity for us to win them over for the kingdom of God. And this is why the gifts are so important. It's not just for us to help each other out in our situation, but it's meant for us to advance the kingdom of God and to bring more people into his body, into his church. And that's why it's so important that we activate this gift of word of wisdom. And because it's not a very popular gift, it's not something that everyone says, oh, yeah, I want a word of wisdom, right? Everyone, you have to choose, like, they always say the game, like, what superpower would you want? Everyone's like, you want to fly, you want to be, like, invisible or whatever, right? No one's like, I want to have a word of wisdom, right? But this one is very key and important in our lives because it can help and prevent people from going through heartache when they don't have to. And that's what we're here for. We're here to help and to reconcile the, the world because that's what Christ did. He came to reconcile the world for they wouldn't have to suffer. And that's what we're here for because we're ambassadors of Christ. But we have to be sensitive to the spirit and let God use us and not be afraid to walk in the spiritual realm. Because today embarks the time where we're not longer going to live. We're not going to be comfortable in the level where we're at now. We are going to learn to walk in a different level. We're going to walk in the spiritual level. And if you walk in the spiritual level, you will see things in the spiritual level. And that all starts with the word of wisdom. Yeah? And, the second, and the second gift we're going to be talking about today is the word of knowledge. And the definition that I come up with the word of knowledge is it is a supernatural insight into the mind, will, and purpose of God and humans that would not be ordinarily known to us. Amen. So in the word of knowledge is not something you learn by reading a book or by going through life experiences, right? Because we always say that experience is the best teacher that will teach you a lot of things. And if you read enough books, you will gain knowledge, right? If you, if you go to school, if you actually pay attention and you read the, your, your, your textbooks, you will learn something. You will gain knowledge by going to school. At your work, if you're at your job enough time, enough, enough years, you will begin to learn knowledge of whatever it is that you're working in, right? You will gain earthly knowledge. But this word of knowledge is referring to something that only God can show you. You'll be able to know things that you shouldn't know because it is revealed only by God. And it is a big difference. And we cannot get this confused between I know things because I read it in a book or I lived through something. It's not that. It's not because someone so-and-so told me that you were going through this and then you say, no, it's nothing like that. It's because you don't know anything. But the only reason you know these facts about somebody is because God has revealed it to you. And you said, word of wisdom is knowing what to do with facts. The word of knowledge is just facts in and of itself. And this we can find in Acts 5, 1 through 4. And we're going to see the, this word, this gift in action. And it says, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. And he, and he kept back part of, of the proceeds with his wife, also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. So see, the, the story's really crazy if you think about it, though, because we see this couple, and, and they sold their land, right? They sold their property. But no one else was there. It was just Ananias, his wife, and the person they sold the land to. That was it. And they kept stealing the money for themselves, because I'm pretty sure it was a good time to sell their, pro their property, so they got more profit, and it's like, well, we just keep this for our vacation, Right? But no, how can anyone know, right? Because Peter's like, well, Peter just knows like the market price, right? Like he just knows what, what it's going for right now. He doesn't know that we got more for this, so we'll keep it. Peter wasn't there. 
when they sold it. Right? But the only reason he could confront Ananias and told him, why have you lied? Wasn't because he was there where so-and-so told him. was because the Holy Spirit revealed it to him, what was going on in their lives. And this is a giver. we got to be very careful. And this is why we need to be mature enough to receive these gifts that God has given us. Because when you know things about people and facts about them that they don't want anyone to know, we cannot judge nor condemn people for the things that we know that they're doing or they're going to do. This is why you have to be mature enough to receive the gifts of the Spirit, to receive this from God. Because you will be able to, to know things about people just by looking at them. And it's scary because sometimes these gifts isn't meant for you to always just confront them. You got to be careful on how you speak about what the word and laws you have received. Because sometimes it's not about you telling this person, well, so you're doing so and so. Sometimes it's about you getting this word and praying for the person. And knowing that they're doing this, that they're doing wrong and they're in harm. Is being able and being sensitive to know what to do with the word of knowledge. To confront it. But it's all about being sensitive with the word of God. And we can go to Acts 9, 10 through 12. And this is another example of, about the word of knowledge. And it says, now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in the vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. And this is another example where the word of knowledge is used, where God reveals something to this, pro- to this disciple where he had no business knowing who Saul was or where he was going to be. Right? It wasn't like in, like in our days, it would be easier to know where people are at because we post everything on Instagram and we tag where we are. And people, like, if you're not at church, all pastors do is go on Instagram, check your feed, look at, oh, this person posted, he's here. Right? Like, real quick. But back then, they didn't have no geo, like, tagging, none of that. So the only way Ananias could know where Saul was and where he had to go, and this is what street he had to go to and whose house he had to go to, is very specific was if only God could reveal it to him. And that is the power that we have that is in us. That we can have the same power because it lies within you. If you have received the gift of the Holy Spirit, these gifts are in you. You have access to it. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, well, today is your lucky day because you can receive it today. Because it is meant for us to be used. Amen? <laughs> These gifts weren't not meant just for the primitive church, but it is meant for our church as well. Amen? But we need, again, we need to be sensitive to the Spirit of God to be able to know what to do with these gifts. And the third gift that we're going to be talking about today is the discerning of spirits. And the definition is, is a supernatural insight into the realm of spirits, whether they're of God or Satan, and the purpose involved. Now, this one's a little crazy. And this one where you really need to be mature. And you really need to be careful. Because uh, this, you don't, again, with these gifts, you don't play around with. It's, it's not like Uno, like a game. It's not none of that. This is real life. And in the sermon of spirits is that you will be able to discern and to feel spirits that are around you. And you will be able to feel and discern the not demonic spirits that are in your that are around you. But there's a flip side to that, though, right? Because we always go to that. We always go to, like their demons and like the devil, and we always go like we can feel them, right? It's always about that. But the flip side to that is you can also feel angelical spirits, angelic spirits. So you will be able to feel when there is an angel. They will be able to feel that there is an angelic spirit around you. And that is discerning the spirit. They will be able to feel these things. But you got to be careful with, what, with, with this because, like I said, we're dealing with things in the spirit. All right? The Bible says our, our, our war isn't against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against spirits. It isn't, it isn't like combat, like hand-to-hand combat, but it's in the spiritual realm. And it's something we got to be careful with because anywhere you go with this gift, it doesn't just, like in, this, in discerning the spirits, it isn't just here in the church. 
or someone's here that's in possessed or nothing like that. No, it's when you go out to the store, when you're at work, when you're at home, with your, with your family. Anywhere you go with these given is activated in you. You will be able to discern these things. And when you walk into a restaurant, you will be able to feel what is there. Right? Because we know that the battle is already going on, that there is a war in heaven already. So it's not like it's like halftime. No, it's already going on. There is a continuous war currently. And we will be able to feel what is around us and to feel what is there. Right? And here's, a, here's another part we have to be careful with because then if we can discern them, they can also discern you. Right? In, in the Bible, you will, you will find different stories of a woman that called out to the disciples and said that you're a man of God. Right? She was possessed, but the demons spoke out and knew who they were because they had the spirit of God. And you will find another story where, where men were trying to pray out, were trying to, um, to deliver a person who was possessed, and the demon spoke back. And they said, we, Jesus we know and Paul we know, but who are you? So it is in the discernment of spirits. Yeah, you can discern them, but then also they can discern you. And it is with the discernment of spirits you've got to be able to know what to do with it, whether it is better for you to walk away or to pray or what it is that you need to do once you feel the spirit that is there. Because right? it's something that is, very, that is very potent, something that we got to be careful with, amen? We have to be able to be sensitive to this. We can go to 1 John 4.1. And you see what the word of God has, has to do with this. And it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Right? Just like we know all these things, just like we've talked about the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the sermon of spirits, there is also other people that preach something, that preach false doctrine, and try to imitate the things of God. And there will be other people that will tell you supposedly words of wisdom or word of knowledge that is not true, that is not of God. And that's where you got to be careful to test the spirits because not everything comes from God. Amen? And we know that the, in the Bible it says that the enemy comes like a roaring lion looking to who to devour, for who to kill and destroy. Amen? And that's what we have to be careful when we operate in the spirits in the spiritual gifts to understand what to do with them for the necessity of the church, right? Because we have to understand that we, when we're in this place, right? I said a lot of people always say like the presence of God is in this place, right? Everyone's always like the presence of God is in this place, and it's true. But if you can walk into the gift of discernment, you will be able to feel it, to feel the angelic presence of the angels that are in this place that encompass the, this building around us that everywhere you go, you will be able to feel that special presence of God that is in our midst. And that's what we want. And then when people that we know that are strong, that are being tormented, we can discern it and we can pray for them. We can fast for them that are not of church, that don't know what's going on, that don't know why they're struggling. And that's what we're here for. See, the church and these gifts isn't meant to be confined within these four walls. Right? And we go back. To Acts 1, it says that they need to go out to Jerusalem, to Samaria, and to all the ends of the earth. And for us, it isn't just meant for San Fernando and the valley that we're living. It's meant to every city that we go to, to operate in these gifts that God has given us to free people that are enslaved to sin, that are enslaved to, to the enemy, to free them for crimes. But we need to be able to operate in the gifts that the Lord has given us. Because without these gifts, we, we stop ourselves at a higher calling that God has called us for. You see, in and of ourselves, we stop ourselves from being used of God in a higher degree because we have become content with what we have, that this is it right here. Well, we've been doing that this is okay, which is fine, but God has called us for something greater. God has called us for something more powerful, and that is the gifts of the Spirit. And the question is, what gifts do you possess? And the answer to that question is you can possess them all because the Spirit gives it to each and every single one. And there's no such thing as one gift is better than the other one or one is lesser. 
right? Because it is the same spirit that gives all these gifts to every single person that is in this place. Amen? And that's why these gifts are always meant for the edification of the church, to edify one another, but to also help people, help bring people to Christ. So when we're operating these gifts, we operate it in love. We don't condemn people. We don't judge people. We don't criticize people because they're going through something or because we got to talk to them. We got to give them a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. We don't look at them differently. We look at them the same way Christ looked at them or the way Christ looked at us as sheep without a pastor, as sheep going into the slaughter. And that's the way we have to look at people when we're operating in the gifts of the Spirit to know that we're here to help them, to encourage them, to bring them to the feet of Christ. Amen? Because we must remember that in order to have access to these spiritual gifts, we need to have the Spirit of God. And this is the part that, that scares me a little bit because sometimes we, we, we believe that once we have spoken in tongues, once we have received the Spirit of God, that that's it. And we'll leave it at that. And right now we just had 21 days of, uh, of fasting, right, and consecration. But if, but if you were to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, how many days did I actually fast or pray or consecrate myself to God? Or is it that just in the 21 days of January and probably we're going to do it again in July or August, that those are the two months we're going to fast the whole year? Or those are the only two months that we're going to pray? Or the only two months we're going to consecrate ourselves? Right? Because, the, because if that is, that's what we always say, oh, we need more power. We need this and we need this and we need revival. No, it's not about that because revival already started in Acts. It's not about we need revival. The revival already started. The question is, are we going to participate in what's already happening now? Are we going to activate what's already in us? Right? Because when I was in middle school, I was in a basketball team. And that team was really good. Like, really, really good. And I was on that team. Um, I wasn't starting, but I was still good because they were that good. Um, but anyways, I was in, we were in a playoff game. And, like, we were losing. Um, and the coach looked at me and two other guys. And he looked at because we hadn't played, had played in the game, like, the whole first half we didn't play. And he looked at us and he said, are you guys going to get in the game or what? Because we hadn't played in the whole game. And our coach was, was, wouldn't tell you when to get in. He would just say, take them out. And whoever ran, ran first to the table, thought that person gets in. But my coach was really mean. So that's why we were kind of timid, like, to just jump in. But he looked at the three of us and, like, are you guys going to participate or are you guys just going to sit there? Right? Because the, the availability of us playing wasn't determined by him. It was determined about how quickly we run to the table to get in the game. And it's the same thing with the kingdom of God and the spiritual gifts. It's not whether or not if God's going to call me, if God wants to use me, if God has chosen me. It's not about that. Because the Bible says that he will pour out his flesh upon all, he says he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. He takes some people. So only good-looking people, say people that are talented, sit upon all flesh. So God isn't about, well, God, I need revival. I need a sign, Lord, send me a sign. I need this. No, it says all you need is my spirit. That's all you need. There is nothing else. And once you have received it, this is where it gets more personal, though. So once you have received it, now you need to walk in it. Right? And that's the problem that we, that we stop at because sometimes we focus so much on receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, and that's awesome. That's great that we receive it, right? Because we need that to enter the kingdom of God. But the, but the part about receiving it, that's the first part of the Holy Ghost, right? That's the first part of it. The second part is now it says that the Spirit gives gifts, right? So the thing is not that I receive it, now I got to activate it. I got to pray daily. It's going to cost me to turn off my TV, to turn off my phone, to not work so much overtime. To not watch Netflix, to not go out with friends, because I need to activate what I have. Because what I have is something spiritual, it's a spiritual gift that lies within me. And it's up to me to awaken what I have so I can save my family. You can see my family needs to hear a word of wisdom. My family needs to hear a word of knowledge. My family needs to be able to have the spirit of discernment to know that they're dealing with things they should not be dealing with. And that's why we're here as a church. 
to activate what you have. But that comes from within. We have to activate it. We have to walk in the spirit. Because if we don't, we're going to keep telling God, I need more power. I need more power. And God's looking at you, telling you, you have everything that you need. You have all the power. And I always like using the analogy of a cell phone, because everyone has a cell phone. And we always like to charge our phone. Every, every time it gets to like 50%, we freak out, because we have no battery. So we connect it right away. We're at 70%. Some of us are like, I got to connect it again. Right? But once you have your phone to 100%, and you keep charging it, guess what? It doesn't go to 110. You have all the power you need of the phone to 100. And sometimes we're like a cell phone of 100% charge with all the power, but we're leaving it connected. We're not using what we have. And God is telling us today that there are gifts within our church that you don't need a title, you don't need a, you don't need a position, you don't need pastor to tell you, you have this gift, mija. You have this gift, mijo. None of that. Because it's not him that is giving you the gift. It is God that is telling you in his spirit, I will pour out of my flesh. And it is by the spirit that he will give you a word of wisdom. By the same spirit, he will give you a word of knowledge. And by the same spirit that you already have, he will give you discernment of the spirits. So you can go out into the world and save the lost. That's what it's all about because on February 16th, we're going to have our Friends Day. And we're going to have people from coming from all kinds of situations and circumstances. And they need to hear these things. They need to hear someone give them a word of wisdom. They need someone to tell them a word of knowledge that will save them from a heartache. But we're still here telling God, I need more power. And it's time for us. This time my coach told me, told me are you going to get in the game or you're not? And God is telling you, you have the spirit. You have it. Like, don't look to me like I need. No, you have it all. Because once the, once the disciples received the gift of the Holy Ghost, when Paul, when Peter preached, 3,000 were saved, not including women and children. 3,000 were saved. And then, so that when Peter would walk, he said that, that they would put the, the sick on the sides and that, the, that the, his shadow will heal people. But that only happened after they received the gift of the Holy Ghost. So for us today, if you haven't received the gift of the Holy Ghost, today is your day to receive this free gift of God that will forever change your life. And it comes with so much more blessings, a part of it. And for us who already have received it, I challenge us to activate it, to work with what we have. And I'm telling you, you're going to see things that you've never seen before. You're going to go out and you're going to be able to do things you could never do before because the spiritual gifts are activated in your life. And as you stand to your feet, and as we begin to close, it's time for our church to go into a spiritual realm, into another level. I know we always talk about New Year's resolutions and stuff, right, with that we never keep. Um, but this time in our church, today we're going to do something different. We're going to embark on a different chapter. That going forward, we're going to walk and activate in the spiritual gifts that are meant for us. And that's the key. It is meant for you. It's meant for you. It's yours to receive. But all you got to do is pray. See, these gifts don't come without a cost. Right? Because I said you got to be mature in these gifts. Because if you're not, when you deal with spiritual things, it's scary if you're not ready. See, God will not give you, give you a spiritual gift you aren't ready to receive. So it's our time to get ready, prepare ourselves spiritually for what God is about to move in your life because you have no idea how God is going to open up doors bring people into your life so you can speak into them life to break out the shame that, they're, that they have them in bondage all because of you 
because of the spirit that lies within you is the spirit of the living God. But we got to look at it and receive it and say that I have the power of the spirit of God. That I have the gift that's going to help me help someone else to encourage someone else. So at this time, I open up the altar and I, and I invite you. I invite you to, to, to ask God to, to give you the gift. I, I, I invite you and I challenge you to not put up your heart so that God may be able to pour out to himself upon you the spirit of God. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, this is your time to receive the power of God. And if you do have the Holy Ghost, I encourage you to pass up so that God may fill you to show you what is the gift that you have. Because we all need these gifts. We need to all work in the nine gifts of the Spirit. And it's up to us to work in these, to advance the kingdom of God. And that's what it's all about. It's, it's not about standing on this pulpit. It's not about that. It's not about wearing fancy suits. It's about saving the lost. It's about saving other people, bringing them to Christ so that they may know the love of God, so that they may know the power of the true living God. But it all comes to the spirit and the spiritual gifts that we have, that we've been, that we've heard today of word of knowledge that will prevent someone to go afar, to go afar where they shouldn't go. So they may hear a word of knowledge to know you shouldn't be doing that so that we can discern spirits and we'll be able to deliver them, to liberate them from what they're dealing with right now. That's what we're called. That's what we are the church, to help people. But we need to activate this. We need the power of God. And I encourage you that we open up your heart and cry out to God that he may fill you with the spirit that he may give you the spirit, of, that he may give you the, the gift, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discernment of spirits. Because we're going to go into the spiritual. And as we enter into the spiritual realm, we need to be armed with spiritual warfare. And we're going to be armed with the gifts of the spirit to combat the enemy. Because we know that greater is he that is in me. Again, the key word, that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But we have to walk in it and I encourage you in the challenges as, as the praising can, can minister that we're going to enter to the spiritual realm in this church. We're going to activate all nine of these gifts and we're going to be more than partakers in the revival that's going on in the world because we're all one body in Christ. And again, I, I encourage you guys to, to cry out to God that you may fill us with the Spirit, that we may operate in the, in the spiritual gifts. Amen. But we let us be sensitive into the gifts and we be able to cry out to God and let the Spirit just move through us. For this is the day that the Lord has made for you. Yes, Lord, we cry out to you, my God. He means use us, Lord. Prepare us, Lord, to receive what you have for us, my God. I give myself away. Pour out of your spirit, my God. I give myself away. So you can use me. I give myself away. Self. 
shout hallelujah. I said someone shout hallelujah. Ah, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Ah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God is a good God. I said God is a good God. Brother Barrera, God use him one more time. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I want you to take it with you. And during this week, I want you to ask God, God, let that gift that you give me, because we all have the Spirit of God. If you receive the Holy Ghost, you have the Spirit of God. But the gift that you give me through that spirit, let it be manifested. Let let, let it be manifested. Let me be sensitive to that spirit so so it can operate. So it can operate. And as we go forth, don't be scared. 
there's something that happens between possessing this, that gift and for it to be manifested and that stumbling block is fear. Is fear. We've got, we have to love God because perfect love casts away fear. That's what John tells me. So we've got to love God. Say, God, take that fear away from me. Whether it is the word of wisdom or the word of knowledge, let it flow. In Jesus' name, if it's God, it'll come to, it'll come to pass. We will see it. God bless Brother Isaac. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. How many of you are going to pray for that today? During this week? Amen. And you let it go. And, and if it's in you, it'll be manifested. Ah, yes, it will. Praise the Lord. All right. Amen. We got our homework cut off. Amen. Man. Did you notice how he, he ended? He says, we've got to live it, not only talk about it. we got to live it. All right. So now, this is how we're going to dismiss ourselves. We want to we tell our guests, first of all, thank you for coming. But as we dismiss, we're going to say, we're going to live it. We're going to walk the walk. Not only talk the talk, but we're going to walk the walk. All right. All right. So let us lift up our hands and say, thank you, God, for the gifts. Amen. Thank you, God, for the gifts, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for my brother, my sister. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray your anointing will fall over us and in us, God. In Jesus' name, let our cup run over, Lord. In Jesus' name, ah, we pray, God, take us to where we're going. In your precious name.